nestled in the Andes Mountains of Peru, at an elevation of more than 9,500 feet, or 2,900 meters, you'll find a quaint, picturesque little town called Huaran. For much of its history, this little village was home to mostly farmers growing white corn, other vegetables, and fruits. But with a rich Inca history, a unique language and culture, Huaran is now a great place to visit, especially if you're one of those travelers that's looking for an experience that's real and authentic. Tanya Herrera is my guest today. She owns and operates a bed and breakfast here called Casita Huaran, a for-profit endeavor that provides for her, her family, and her employees. But Tanya makes sure that it does much more than that, because Tanya cares for the people, the environment, and the land. Join me now for the Edge of Adventure podcast as we discover how a small business in a small town can make a big difference. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Edge of Adventure my name is Adam Asher. This is the podcast. And by the way, if you go to theedgeofadventure.com and you click on the link there that says podcast, you can listen to all the different broadcasts. You can watch them, actually, the video versions as well. And you can get to know all these wonderful organizations from around the world that are doing remarkable things to serve other people. Tania Herrera is joining us today from Casita Huaran. And that is in the township of Huaran in Peru, in South America. So, first of all, Tanya, welcome to the program. Tell us about this area of Peru. I understand it is a beautiful part of the country. Hello, everybody. My name is Tania Herrera. I am from Cusco and from a small town called Huaran in the Sacred Valley of the Incas. And I am 34 years old, and at the moment I'm running a small project in the town, and we are trying to create opportunities here, fair opportunities for local people, uh, canalizing the big opportunity which brings the tourism and the town, so that that development can go directly to um, the most vulnerable people in the town, empowering them and creating big opportunities with them. That's the voice of Tania Herrera from Casita Huaran. She's the owner and the founder and the director, and I'm sure so much more there in this township of Huaran at Casita Huaran in the Sacred Valley of the Incas. And thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Tania. I think in English, right, we would probably refer to Casita Huaran in English, in our uh, American English in particular, we'd probably describe it as a bed and breakfast. And of course, it's in this quaint part of Peru. And why are you on the edge of adventure? Well, you're here on the podcast because you have taken your for-profit endeavor and you have put it to use helping to fund this project that you have, this way that you serve the community, the kids and the families there in Huaran. And that's what we need to dig into just a little bit more. 
But before we do, let me ask a simple question. What is it like running a bed and breakfast in Huaran, Peru? For me, it's like kind of different um, because I am a local leader and I'm a local person and uh, we have big connections with the community, but we are struggle a lot trying to go out and show what we do and we want to share with our visitors. We have a direct contact with our friends and neighbors who know what we want to do and what we want to create, which is a bridge between our community and the expat community and pe people from outside who want to know deeper about what we are and what we have to offer. And we run this in a very, very small way, but our experience was so beautiful and we have learned that there are so many opportunities if we can connect in the right way for all of us. No? People from outside were so happy learning about the things what we are proud about from our community, our traditions, our activities, the way we treat people from outside, the way we welcome them. They all were very happy about um, knowing deeper the culture and deeper who is behind all those services and also knowing who is getting a benefit from that and in what way this visit can make us more rich, but not in just uh, with money, more rich with experience, exchanges and empowering and yeah for our community it was also like a big bridge to open opportunities for um just with our small small business but uh the connections we can get through them the big opportunities we can open together with our community and yeah it was like very very inspiring to get people from outside who really want to know us and who want to share us and respect the way we work together and we live together. No? Tania Herrera, she's my guest today here on The Edge of Adventure. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. My name is Adam Asher. And yeah, Tania is joining us from a small township in Peru. And the name of the town is Huaran. And the name of the small business that she runs is Casita Huaran. It's a bed and breakfast they're in a quaint location in the hills there in South America. So, yeah, let's talk about that a second, though. Let's clarify something. If you've been following The Edge of Adventure, you know that I feature usually nonprofits, not-for-profits, these organizations that are working around the world, and we classify them as NGOs or not-for-profits, okay? It's just sort of a legal classification more than anything. But when I talk about what the edge of adventure is, I'm always very careful to use the word organizations. And I do that because sometimes or perhaps often these are not for profit organizations, right? But there are times, thankfully, when businesses large and small have their own projects where they have determined as a business, as a for-profit entity, to do something to serve other people, to help make the world a better place, to live with purpose. And that is why we're featuring Casita Huaran today. So, Tanya, now let's help the audience get a picture in their mind, 
here on the audio version of the podcast, let's, let's help them understand and imagine what life and culture is like there in Wuhan. And at the same time, what are some of the challenges that the people are facing? Yeah, we used to be no um, agricultural town, so like farmers. In our town, we have two very different parts. The low part is very, very, like we are in the middle of the Sacred Valley, and the highland part is above 4,000 meters, and it's like a very rural community. We all used to work with farm farming and raising animals and selling our product to have an income. But the last 10 years, you know, like corn, potatoes, beans, vegetables are our flag. Trying to sell this product was the main way to have income. And now the tourism is getting bigger and it's having a big presence. And there are a lot of new opportunities, but also big challenges. No, like the whole Sacred Valley is growing so fast, like becoming a big industry of hotels, restaurants, and people are selling their lands, their fields to have a big income at once so that they can invest in other small things. But we are losing the most of precious thing what we have, and which is the nature, the view, the water, and our main resources, no? We are not having like a system that we will keep using it this in the future if we keep selling our fields and our lands and building big hotels and building big restaurants. That's why we try to keep our two hectare lands, but also trying to have a big opportunity with the tourism, no? Like opening a small bed and breakfast, but trying to keep our fields and our lands to produce our own food so we could be self-sufficient. That was the first idea, our first goal. So to protect the resources we have, but also have a window to have a better income. And that's why we opened the bed and breakfast. But we also realized the other issues what are in the community, like, the difference between the low part of the community and the highland part is so big. So the low part used to have big fields where you always can have enough food and variety of, of products and fruits and vegetables. But the highland part just used to have their alpacas and potatoes fields and they sell that and they weave, but that's everything they have. So, and there are not big opportunities for education and nutrition, and they used to come here. But the main issue here that I used to face is that we normalize that, so that the people from Highland communities, we know exactly what they have and what they don't, but we used to romanticize that kind of life, and they struggle so, so hard, and the kids, have to do much more than the normal kid to have access to education, to deal with discrimination, with oh, with like less resources, less economy, and yeah, we used to forget our maybe not our responsibility, but the idea that we could do something to change that under the words that they are used to, and I don't think that that's the truth, and that's why. We have a small resource and we 
my family, my sisters and I could have great opportunities for life and we could study, we could learn other languages and that opened us the door maybe to open a bed and breakfast and to have access to the tourism. But we want also to be a place where this positive impact can be reflected into our community and into this Highland community and welcome them here with all the opportunities we can get. That's the voice of Tania Herrera from Casito Aran. Again, she's the owner, the founder, the director, and it's wonderful to be getting to know her today. I think you're getting to hear her heart for the people, for her town, her hometown. And it is a uh, beautiful thing to be able to hear in a person's voice. So today, right, we're talking to a small business, actually. We're talking to a small business owner, someone who runs a bed and breakfast in a quaint town in Peru, in the mountains of South America. But here's my challenge to those of us listening, right? Those of us listening to her talk. Imagine if you ran a business, you ran a small business and you you worked really hard to get it to the point where it was self-sustaining, right? Paying for itself and then making you a profit, something to pay for your time. But then imagine adding on that third challenge. Like, what can I do with the money that I make and the money that I generate with the for-profit entity, in this case, a bed and breakfast in Peru, could we do that? Could we have a for-profit entity that also was dedicated to helping others? Just a little something to think about as we continue to have the conversation with Tanya as we learn about her bed and breakfast there in Wadan. What should I do next? I think, I think what we should do now is we should have a little bit of a commercial. No, I'm not going to stop the show. No, I don't mean that. I mean... Tanya, you should give us a little bit of a commercial. You should tell us why someone from around the world would want to travel to Peru, to Waran, to spend some time there at Casita Waran. Our bread and breakfast, uh, we invite a lot of local people to be directly involved in this activity, in every activity we share with our customers. The best thing we can offer is ourselves, our family, and our community. And have a, a very familiar experience with us and connecting in a very human way with all our visitors and our guests. No, Forgetting the barriers that are between guests and service or hotel or restaurant. We welcome people because we love to share. We are proud of the things that we do that we work with and we share that with our with our friends no um, who are a part of this project and we have a beautiful town a beautiful culture to be shared but it's very difficult if you just offer a service we want to break that barrier and like welcome them as they would be a part of our family and have like a very very close experience with us and get to know us, not just take great pictures, which are amazing here, but also to bring in the heart, like a beautiful experience that you could never forget. Yeah, also to know that your presence here is for us very, very uh, precious. And every single speech, every contact, every tour, every single thing we offer, it teaches us a lot and not just 
us as a group of Casita Waran, but open us a lot of opportunities which can give us a lot, no? And also maybe we can share everything we could learn, everything we live with to make the experience from our guests and our friends more precious and more valuable, yeah. But that's more the thing we offer that maybe it's hard to happen if it's just a service. Tania Herrera is our guest today, joining us from Casita Huaran in Cusco, Peru. Tania, what are some of the challenges and what are some of the solutions right there in your community? I know you made mention of the fact that you had in your life certain doors that were opened for you, open to you. And that in turn, I hear you saying you want to open doors for other people. You want to open doors for the people of your hometown. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So let's delve into that a little bit here. What are some of the ways that Casita Huaran is helping? The project has three big parts. The first one, and that's what normally our guests used to know, it's our bed and breakfast, works with the whole space is built in an ecological way and just using wood and stones and earth bricks and like to keep our land safe and respected. The other big thing is our farm where we work with in a permacultural way. We are still learning from that. We are at the beginning of our big dream that we are working to make it true. And the third part is our social project where we are trying to build a cultural house, which would be like a free open space dedicated to the children in the town, to everyone, where they can have access to educational materials, um, nutrition, like food, uh, lunch and dinner, and opportunities for the older children like to work. If, if they don't have any kind of economical or financial support from outside or sometimes from their parents. But this also should be a big bridge to learn a lot of, of things that they could use for their life. The idea to port for their education is that a lot of children here have to work and, and take care of themselves. And it doesn't give them the time and energy to focus on their education. And that's why we want to make that path easier for them so that they can have access to great materials and they can compete with other students to maybe dream to go to the university or become like a big professional no? and not just follow their destiny and just be really bad in the school and just not hope for anything else better for their lives. And the program, what we involve in the other aspects of our project, it should work in a very holistic way because our bed and breakfast is our big door to have access to guests from outside, which bring a lot of value to our and the identity from the children so that they forget the discrimination they, they have experienced maybe in the past. And with our guests, they can value that more than before with their language, their traditions, and their strength. 
also to give us a better view from what we can do with our resources and how we can protect the things that we have. Because yes, we don't have like a lot of things maybe, but we have a beautiful land, we have resources, and how we can use that in a fair way that can provide us a better and fair life and a fair future. And our land, it should be like a small experimental tool so that the kids can see and experience also uh, like a ecological farming and forget what we have been learning the, all our lives, how to grow with chemicals, how to kill with pesticides. There are other ways that could give us, provide us better resources and other ideas that they could use just for themselves or also in the near future to have an initiative with that and start working with that. So all the three aspects from our project should work together because all of them are so important to get the sustainability and autonomy and self-sufficient what we want to do and as a community, you know, as a to create a better future for all of us. Tania Herrera, my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure, joining us from Casita Waran. Tania, how far is Waran, the town where you're joining the program from today, where you live and where you have this wonderful project and the bed and breakfast there? How far are you guys from Machu Picchu? And I ask because I think most of us would have an idea how, you know, if we were to look at a map and look up Machu Picchu, right, we could find it. How far are you guys from that major landmark? A trip with a train is like one and a half hour from Ollantaytambo, and we are one hour from Ollantaytambo with a car. So in kilometers, I think three hours from here. Tania, what are the languages that are spoken there in the region? Of course, anybody that knows me that follows the edge of adventure knows that kind of have a thing for languages. I find it fascinating, intriguing, and it's just a part of the beauty of every culture around the world. In the community there, Spanish, I'm sure, would be spoken. It's, uh, you know, the national language of Peru. But are there other languages spoken, and what are they? Yes, in the big cities, Spanish is the main language, but we have a second official language, and it's called Quechua. And it is spoken more in the rural areas and highland communities. Here in Waran, uh, we speak both languages. And in the highland communities, they just speak Quechua. They don't speak Spanish. Uh, it used to be a language that people try to forget because of the discrimination. But now a lot of schools and universities are trying to to bring that language back again. And they are like teaching Quechua in the school and in the university to get your graduation. You, you have to learn Quechua as well. Tanya, is there division there between the different people groups? What I, I've learned and what I think about that, which it shouldn't be the main rule, but I think that we still are struggling with our the conqueror situation we face and still 50 years ago we were part of a big families owning lands and they just have the rights to have resources to have education and indigenous people 
didn't have any of those rights and the way they were discriminated was like we we were less than them no and just 50 years ago it started changing but the main idea never ended so it it works as a big big change of discrimination like white the people from the coast used to discriminate the people from uh, the Andes and the people in the Andes from the cities used to discriminate people from the rural communities, people from rural communities discriminate people from highland communities and the change the, the never, never ends. It's like not really called discrimination, but you will see it's a barrier between two groups of people. You can see how like in the jobs or places where people used to work, like in the banks or in the stores or in restaurants, in the service, you will never see a person or almost never, I won't say never, but like people with traditional Peruvian aspects in their face, like working in a front or of somewhere, because there is still the thought. I think it's just the thought if someone discriminates you, you will try to feel above some other people and that's how it works i face that in my community a lot and that's really sad that we all think in that way and yes i think we try to feel always better than others and that's how it works and it's so normalized in some ways that people with their traditional clothes that they can't leave their bags and the floors from banks because they think they are dirty but a people with a city clothes they can leave their bags and that's like a big difference or if something happens in some parts they think that it was caused by people from uh, the highland communities i face that a lot when i used to go out with the children from the highland communities with me and that was so scary how we all normalize that and like separate us in different groups and we think if i don't know like yeah i i i could talk a lot about this thank you tanya absolutely of course it's a awkward question and maybe i didn't really ask it all that well but a great great answer and i, I also want to say racism and classism Wherever it is found, wherever it is found, it is wrong. And I tend to think of it as really, it's really the, a reflection of the human condition, right? It's really the reflection of our brokenness because it's not okay. It's not a good thing. And yet it does exist. And wherever it exists, whether it exists close to home or far from home, wherever it exists, racism and classism, guys, it's wrong. Changing the subject now, let's go back to you, Tanya. When did you first know that you were called to serve people in this way? I always wanted to come back here because I am from Moran, but I had opportunities to study outside and I always wanted to come back here and do something first to save the land from my family, like not to sell it or not to build big houses here. And I really knew that there was a difference between the 
people here that I knew that there were some needs, but I didn't face it really close until I arrived here five years ago. And I thought I'm going to do something small, like have my bed and breakfast, have an ecological farm and have uh, local people like trying to help me and everything, like involve them directly and have like fair um, income for them so that they can also have some opportunities here with our small business. But since I arrived, a lot of small children used to come ask, asking me to help them with their homeworks first. And second, if they, if we have a lot of materials, no? and sometimes to help them to do some activities or to use something from here, because it was like the first place where local people felt they were welcome. They knew we were working with tourism, and they knew like a big door was open here. So a lot of people also used to come and ask me for jobs or for support in some ways, and we tried to do that. But at some point, one year after I arrived, maybe less, I was sitting here with around 18 children. And I, at the first time, I really was like kind of scared because I didn't know how, why are they coming every day? What should I do? What, what, like, what does it mean for me? No? And I felt really bad to think about that because I was not supposed to be with a lot of children every day. And I didn't know how to deal with that. And I felt really bad to feel that way. But after that, I started like, they started trusting me and we started talking about their lives. And I realized they started like telling me as, as normal as it was, how their meals were and what they were eating for breakfast and lunch and dinner and how hard their lives was like, but just, you know, it was not in the way they, they were suffering. They just, told me as a story as an experience that weren't was normal for them and that's why like they were trusting me like very heartbreaking things sometimes where I thought like they were open me that big big trust in them and I had this information in my hands and their hearts and their confidence and their yeah that a big trust and I I thought I'm able to do something. So I'm young and I don't have like big things in my life and I can do something, maybe not that much, but I, I really can. I have better opportunities and I, I should use to, to help them in some ways. And years after we working with them and talking with them, we figured out what, what were the main needs they have and the big issues they used to face at that young age and yeah that's what came out like to create that center with all they the kids could feel welcome and could feel heard and could feel respected and like having them here happy and healthy we could start doing workshops and learning together how to create a better community for the future and a better opportunities for them yeah like talking also with kids who met me when I arrived and who never left this place some of them like stayed started staying over the night and like now they live with me and I talked a lot with them like why they came here and what helped them and what they needed maybe at some point that we couldn't give them no 
and we had big big talks with them and like the four needs all of them were agreed or we made like separate interviews but all of them like found here and what they were looking for a place where they felt as a part of the family the other part was support for their education good nutrition and some opportunities for them to work like but in a fair way that they could keep studying and supporting their families no an impressive conversation today with Tania Herrera from Casita Huaran here on the Edge of Adventure. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. These are great. These are absolutely always inspiring conversations. Today, though, i got to say something very special about the uniqueness of this conversation. And it all goes back to the uniqueness of this project. And just want to thank you for being on the show today, Tania. Let me ask you a couple of questions now regarding tourism. What does it mean to have responsible tourism? What does it mean to go about tourism, visiting, traveling in an eco-friendly manner? There are a lot of ways to like what we call responsible tourism, but more is like try to get more information about the place you go about the services you use, about who you are working with, who uh, you are supporting, what the things are you buying, what kind of products are you getting. It's like more about information, like what kind of impact has any small action you have during your trip. And the main thing about um, traveling responsible is the places are you staying, where is your food coming from, and what places are you visiting and what kind of impact has it, no? And who is working with you? Which kind of agencies are you working with? If they pay fair to their workers, if they provide like insurance to their workers and this kind of thing. Next question, Tanya. What is permaculture? The permaculture is a system where you can grow and use resources like copying or um, using the way the nature used to provide us. Because everything we do, everything we use, everything that we want to create, it has been made by the nature, but in a very, very slow way. In a lot of native, native cultures have learned and used these resources in a very respectful way so the permaculture takes all this information from the incas from our ancestors and try to put them together so that in every part of the world you can use this knowledge to learn how to use the resources in a very responsible and sustainable way is that you create a system to use resources to provide yourself with everything you need but all those resources you have been using are not overused and you are like getting something, using something, but at the same time you are giving back to the earth. And it has a big impact in yourself, for your family, for the people who use those resources, but it also never has a bad or a negative impact in your environment. Like it can go from agriculture, from medicine, from water systems, from houses, from energy, from everything. 
So we are learning a lot about this. We can't say now that we are 100% in a permaculture system, but we our goal is to get to that point that we are self-sufficient and sustainable. Tanya Herrera is my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure podcast. And of course, she's joining us from Casita Huaran in Peru. You need to check out their website, okay? And I know you're listening to us here. So when I say go to casitahuaran.com, if you speak Spanish, you're like, okay, got it, no problem. But if you don't, <laughs> you might be thinking, okay, help me out here, Adam. I'm going to do a couple of things. First of all, this is how you spell it, casitahuaran.com, C A. S-I-T-A, casita. That's probably the easy part for us gringos anyway. And the second part is huaran, which is H-U-A-R-A-N.com. Okay, let's shift gears now. And you mentioned uh, travel agencies. And of course, we're talking about the travel business. And I think another piece of the puzzle here is to know how I got connected with Casita Huaran. And that is through a mutual friend. His name is Edson Chacon, and he is joining us today as well, just kind of as a special surprise. Edson, thanks for connecting us with Casita Huaran, and thanks for joining the show. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for, for introducing me. And yeah, I mean, as I said before, it's an honor for me to talk to you, to be in here. And also, it's an honor for me to talk about Tania. Tania for me is like a like a real Wonder Woman. So thank you. Thank you for your invitation, Adam. Well, thank you, Edson. It's great to have you on the show. And again, I appreciate your friendship and the ability now to get to know Tanya and the great folks at Casita Waran. I did want your perspective today. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I asked you to join the show, because both you and Tanya are running businesses and when you're running a business, you're worried about the administration of the whole thing. You're worried about profit because if you're not making a profit, as a wise man once told me, if you're not making a profit, you don't have a business. You have a hobby. So, yeah, you, get, you have your mind on a lot of different things running that business. But both of you guys do so responsibly and you use the business, your respective businesses, as a tool. You use them as tools to help other people. And I think that's a very important aspect of the conversation today to be sure that we focus on. Uh, with that, though, let's find out about Kindle Journeys. That's your company. It's a travel agency. You're located there in Cusco, Peru. And tell us about Kindle Journeys. You can look them up at kindlejourneys.com. But uh, yeah, Edson, tell us about your company and the, the perspective and the approach that you have. Yeah, uh Thank you, Adam. Well, we we are a, a travel company that look for providing unique travel experiences for our clients, encouraging exploration, and seeking for this is a, the, the, the part I love looking for transcending in our clients' lives and the lives of the people involved in the journey. Because you will see even now that many people, many travel companies, and you know, many people that is in the business are trying to just sell things, right? Like, go to much, come here to much picture, just visit, you know, the waterfalls from somewhere else and then visit Brazil. Or, but, you know, it's it's not all about the outside world, right? And we focus on, okay, we will show you the outside world, which is great. But also, what about the inside world? What about what you really feel? 
what about what are you really looking for in life? And that's something important because as the way your inside world is, it, it shows on the outside world. And we are focused on giving the, the clients the most meaningful and valuable program that they, they could ever get. And we do so by, you know, offering unique experiences like Casita Oran, for instance. We're doing so by not giving them, not, not giving them only the, the regular things that, we, that they will receive on the program, like visiting this place and, okay, as, as Tanya said, taking pictures in somewhere else. But what about you inside? Many people talk about the mindset, but what about your heart, your heart set? your soul set, your heel set. And that's what we're trying to give here. We, we, we try to give this meaning on the journey of, of every single client we have. That's the voice of Edson Chacon joining us today here on the Edge of Adventure. And he's telling us just a little bit about his company, Kindle Journeys. And you can look him up at kindlejourneys.com. Uh, let's see. You know what I would like to do now? I think it's your turn now, Edson, to tell us what you really think of Casita Waran? Well, um, to tell the truth, I believe, I sincerely believe that this is a unique program. This is a unique place because of even when Tanya was talking and even if you talk to her by the phone or in person, you can feel the soul behind the project. You can feel not only the goal that you write that you written down that you have written down in the, in the, in the, in the, the cold paper but you can sense the passion that she has i mean it's it's not easy it's not easy for anybody you know that has the possibility to go outside and look for a better world or for a better opportunity for her but to come back and say okay i have the chance to to make something different here to as you said adam to go beyond that school right and to start looking for, okay, I can produce a better way, a better life for many people around me. And that's what I love about Casita. It's a unique program and how this team, leader, leading by, by Tanya, how this team tried to help these people in the community. This is The Edge of Adventure. Once again, my name is Adam Asher. Great to have you with us and great to have these two great guests with us. The guest of honor today is Tania Herrera, and she is joining us from Casita Huaran in Peru. And let's take care of a couple of details real quick here before we close the show. We're getting uh, very close to the end here, but I want to find out and be sure we share with the audience how you prefer people to get in touch if they want to come for a visit, A, and then B, if they want to help out somehow, how would they get in touch? They can reach out under Casita Waran, our webpage, or our social media website, and they are going to contact me directly because all the contacts are going to me, so I'm going to be the contact person. Yeah, and all the information is on our website. There you have it. Be sure you look them up at casitawaran.com for more information. And if you are looking for an expert for South American travel, you got to Talk to Kindle Journeys, kindlejourneys.com. Both of those links will be on the post for this podcast. So just look that up at theedgeofadventure.com, especially if you don't speak Spanish and you're thinking, I don't really know how to spell Casita Huaran. Uh, it, don't worry. It's all provided for you there in the description on the website at theedgeofadventure.com. 
Time now for some final comments. Edson, we'll start with you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Adam. And uh, well, that having said, I will invite you all to not only travel, but to look for meaning in our life. You know, we, and I think that we are all wired to service. We are all wired to generosity. And uh, I encourage you guys to visit Casita Waran because this is a real project. This is the way we, you can help. This is the way you can help them to help more people. And this is the way you can connect with yourself with the deepest part in your heart, which is connected to service. And thank you so much, Adam, for your time. Thank you so much again. Edson Chacon joining us today here on the Edge of Adventure. Thank you so much, Edson, for uh, your friendship and taking the time to be on the show and again for connecting us to Casita Waran. Thank you again so very much. With that, I guess it's time now to kick it to uh, Tanya and let you have the final word. I just want you to know that I'm very impressed, genuinely very impressed with the decisions you've made to work there, devote your life to to your hometown and to make a difference there and to care for other people and to help to open doors. I think back to what you said a few minutes ago, you, you want to open doors for for others in the same way that doors have been opened for you. So anyway, congratulations. Great job. Great to know you. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak from my community, from the people I work with, and give us a space to share our voice outside. And this time, which is very difficult to be here. Yeah, we just want to invite people to follow the development of this project. Now uh, we are still at the beginning of our dreams. We are still working on it. You can keep following all the news and our social media and our website on the way to make like an interactive information portal to get people closer to us and give them the experience, what we want to share and and everything what we are doing and all the process to welcome people to be part of this process, even if they are not here. No? I wanted to thank you also, Edson, for connecting me with you. And it opens always a big, big door to outside. And it's amazing to work with people who want to be a part of a big change, even if it starts small, like to connect people to try to get our goals together. Thank you so much for this. And I invite you to come here, you both, and everyone who wants to to join us in this project, but also to want to know deeply about ways to create sustainability and community. Thank you so much. Tania Herrera joining us today from Casita Waran in Peru. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time and for all that you're doing there. Also, Edson Chacon, thank you for joining the show today. A great addition, very special episode. My appreciation to both of you. Gracias por estar aquí conmigo el día de hoy para el programa. Gracias por invitarnos. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. 
I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo. Thank you.